We are live on the air, and thanks for taking the time. I know it's a busy day today. So let's get the update. How do you feel day one of hybrid education has gone in District 186? You know, I really do think it, it went quite smoothly. Um, I'm sure that there were bumps along the way that people experienced, but we anticipated those. Uh, the buses ran fairly well for the first day of, of, of a school year. Really, this is the first day in person, uh, except for a few targeted groups that, that went earlier in the late fall. Um, but we did feel like the day went quite well. I was out in schools all day today, and I felt like things were moving quite well. You know, the, one of the big questions people had with this was the, uh, the what would happen as students were arriving at school. They have to be screened, checked. How did that process go? And were any students excluded from coming back into schools because they were showing possible symptoms or at least uh, something that might make a, a nurse question uh, their health at that point? We have a we have a combination of things that happened today. First of all, our safety checks in the morning worked really well across the district. And once again, our safety plans are all located on each of our schools' website. And also on our main website is a, a link to all of our safety plans at each individual school. Uh, we felt like things went extremely well. We were able to uh, screen students as they entered the building, but also as they entered the school bus. So we had double screenings in some cases. Uh, across the district, I am getting reports that we had 27 students who were asked to uh, go home and, and get checked by a doctor. Um, many of these students were siblings of one another. So if one student in a family uh, shows symptoms, uh, and that could be just one symptom, it is a single symptom exclusion at this point in time, then everybody in that family has to actually be excluded until we can understand the diagnosis of the student that is showing symptoms. So perhaps it's asthma, perhaps it's something that is not COVID related, but we are requiring families to get that symptom checked out, uh, verify that with their physician and provide a note to the school if it is an alternate diagnosis uh, that is not COVID-19. So in many cases, this 27 was a, just a few families uh, rather than 27 individual uh, symptoms that were found. Uh, for instance, the school that I was at today had one uh, young person that had a symptom. Uh, she actually had three siblings at that school and two siblings at another school. All of them had to be excluded uh, while we make sure that the symptoms is not COVID-related. Now, the, the plan is to have uh, antigen testing so that you can do some rapid testing on site if there's a question about a child's health, uh, but we don't have that yet. Is that correct? Uh, everything is in line. We've been approved. We have ordered the antigen test. We were told a two to three day turnaround uh, last week once we got our standing order uh, last Thursday. Uh, so we're assuming that those will be arriving any minute now and we'll be able to distribute those out to the schools. I want to thank our school nurses for uh, taking on a lion's share of, of this work and, and doing the training, uh, meeting with me to ask questions about the antigen test alongside the Sangamon County Health Department, uh, who's been a good support of ours in, in learning about how to use these tests and and um, what to what procedures to put in place. Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill is with us here this afternoon. Let's talk about staffing. Did you have sufficient staff to meet all the needs and demands today? Uh, certified teachers in every room. Did you have to have subs, administrators? How did that all play out? I uh, know we did quite well today. We were able to, all of our, our teachers responded that, that uh, signed up for hybrid and everything went very well today. 
Um, we were able to, you know, op- operate all of our schools with full capacity and full functioning. Now, um, we talked a few days ago about the fact that uh, you have to essentially bargain some of this with the Springfield Education Association. Do you now have a, a new or a revised memorandum of understanding in place? Have you reached agreement on all the various ins and outs of hybrid? Um, I would say that this type of bargaining is always sort of open bargaining because as we get back into the school, I'm sure that things will come up and we'll want to regroup and talk over uh, these things with one another. But we did come to consensus on uh, many items, and those were uh, completed last week. And we feel that it's really helped us be better because we worked together to make sure that we answered all the questions that that teachers and educators had. Well, one thing I've heard that uh, has been a a point of concern is teachers who are worried that if for whatever reason maybe there is an exposure in a building uh, they may have to be off for a few days are they going to have to use their own sick time burn their personal time in, in a situation like that or if in fact they they are uh, diagnosed with with COVID-19 does that come out of their personal time how does that play out well, I think it's interesting. It, it, it's, it's kind of a strange time in our entire country. I think you'll agree that we're in a transition of power at our at our federal level. Um, and many of these things come from the Federal uh, Coronavirus Relief Act. So during the first semester, uh, teachers were allotted 80 hours of COVID-related illness um, and or quarantine where they did not have to use any of their uh, personal time or their sick time. And we were... Um, able to extend that to many people throughout first semester. Uh, that did come to an end on December 31st. However, we reached agreement um, to extend that through March 31st at this point in time. Um, the federal legislation said it's kind of up to the individual school districts whether they uh, extend that uh, at this point. So we were able to do that. And I believe that we'll uh, come back to the drawing board if things are still not better Um, you know, in terms of vaccine and some of the other things that we have coming our way. So we've been very understanding. um, And my personal, you know, take is we don't want to do any harm to teachers if they're out there coming back in person doing hybrid learning and and they have to take time because of a quarantine. Um, And it's a kind of a hard thing to decide whether somebody's quarantined uh, based on a school, um, you know, or something from home. Um, But we we do know that we want to support our teachers that way. Of course, the majority of District 186 students have opted to remain fully remote for now. Uh, about 44% overall of the student body engaged in the hybrid model. So how's it playing out in classrooms of teachers in the room? Some students are in the room, but probably more students are, are uh, coming in remotely. Because what we're hearing anecdotally is sometimes the remote students feel like they can't fully participate they're they're not really the the focus the teacher has to be focused more on what's happening in the room so are are, are, is everybody getting equitable treatment equitable education in this sort of split environment well i would i would ask for uh just a little grace and patience since it's day one of a teacher actually putting this into practice in in their classroom and we all know that we're going to get better every day we do it it Similar to when we went into remote status last March and 
nobody had ever heard of Zoom and some teachers were Zooming and some teachers were, um, you know, just kind of giving homework on, on, on a web page. So we have really grown to the place where we know we're going to have to change our mode of uh, teaching and we have to learn what's going to work best for us. The goal is for us to provide an equitable education for all students. And it is very difficult in this environment where we do have to have reduced sizes and inside our classrooms. Um, uh, based on our CDC guidelines that we're following uh, closely and making sure that we do provide um, the best education and keep all of the different course options for students on the table and in many respects allow them to keep their same teacher that they had last semester. We're trying to do everything and anything to, to make this work, but after day one, I say just make sure you let your teacher, your wishes be known to your teacher if you have any concerns. Um, everybody's trying to get better every day um, operating in this new mode. And, and do you feel like you're, you're able to adequately uh, maintain proper social distancing, whether it's in classrooms or in the hallways, between classes, heading to the bus, off the bus, so on and so forth? Are you able to have the kind of distancing that you want to have and that the CDC guidelines say you should have? You know, I was, like I said, I was at a school all day today. My entire cabinet was, was out in schools as well as all of my support team, and we saw it in action. We saw some amazingly creative things that teachers and administrators were doing to make sure that that social distancing happened. I watched um, a lunch hour today where all of they have individual desks in the cafeteria so that the, everybody is six foot apart and they're measured off and there's hash marks on the floor. I did not see one student get up or one student walk over to another student. It was really amazing how well uh, students were responding. Of course, I was out in an elementary school today. Um, we are anticipating that we're going to have to provide reminders and teach our expectations, uh, but that is our goal. Remain six-foot distance at all times and make sure that we're following the guidelines so that we can have a successful hybrid return. From the technology standpoint, you know, obviously when students were all at home and they were relying on the strength of their own home internet signal, but now you have a lot of students in school buildings and in some cases they're actually dealing with a teacher who is still remote. Do you have the bandwidth within school buildings to deal with, uh, you know, uh, potentially a lot of students all online, all trying to Zoom or access things all at the same time? You know, we have been increasing our bandwidth um, as we as we go throughout this school year. We have about 20 buildings that have been increased uh, this year, and that actually opens up more bandwidth to others. So we are um, we know that there may be some glitches from time to time, especially in our high schools, uh, perhaps some of our larger middle schools. But we know that at our elementary, we're quite well um, equipped to have the bandwidth that's needed to do the work that we're doing. And we have a great technology department that's standing ready and alert to do whatever we need to do to make sure that things are working well. Um, bandwidth is a problem um, in our community in some places. So, you know, we just want to make sure that we are providing the very best. And we've partnered not only with CWLP, but also the uh, do it the Department of Innovation and Technology at the state level and many of our local providers to increase our bandwidth and make sure that we're doing the things we need to do so that this works well. Any changes planned for tomorrow for the rest of the week based on what you learned today? Anything parents need to know for the remainder of this week and beyond? You know, we, we, we went with our plan and we're going to go with our plan tomorrow, which is the first B-Day um, across the district. I'm sure that individual schools saw what worked and may tweak a few things, but nothing major. We just want to remind um, all of our students that are returning on B-Day that we do require masks. 
bus on the school buses and also in the schools during the day. Um, you know, we have them available for students as well to provide a mask for them if, if they uh, forget. And we also wanted to do that so that everybody had a second one on hand. And we just appreciate the families. Um, today, they were so um, excited and understanding um, about, you know, doing A day and B day and, and just understanding why we're doing it that way to reduce the number of students that are in our building. So no big changes. We're just going to go with B day. And, and um, once again, we're very happy to welcome some students back into our classroom. Um, but we're also excited that our students that are doing remote work are continuing to do so and that we're just moving through this very different and sort of trying school year. Did, did you have some resistance to the mask mandate, whether on buses or in classrooms today? Was that an issue? We did not. Um, there'll be a new set of students coming in tomorrow, so it's always a good reminder. But no, we did not. And, you know, I it was maybe a little bit of a reminder with, with people if they were sliding down and reminding them that they do need to wear them over their nose and things of that nature. But I think the hardest thing, in, especially in the elementary schools, is, we kids have to speak up through the mask so that we can hear them. And it, it's a challenge sometimes, but we're going to make it work. And, um, you know, we want to make sure we do what's safe for kids. Superintendent, one last question, unrelated, <laughs> but today the General Assembly approved a, a, an education bill that's intended to address some inequities, particularly for students of color. It would address graduation requirements, placement and advanced placement classes, et cetera. I don't know how familiar you are with the legislation, but any, any thoughts on it, what it's going to mean for District 186? You know, I had a chance earlier to uh, this week to go over the um, bill, and, and I know that um, it was amended greatly from its original status, and uh, the amended bill, I think, has a lot of great pieces in it that will get us set um, on the right path. Uh, just a note that the graduation requirements are um, scaffolded across the next few years, so those requirements won't be overnight. Um, you know, so, you know, for instance, there's two years of a foreign language in there right now, we have our foreign language as an elective, but yet we urge our students to take two or even more years of, of foreign language uh, to prepare them for post-secondary work. Uh, that was one thing that came out. But I think you, you mentioned earlier the most important pieces of this bill are focused on equity and equitable funding and making sure that we um, have our um, curriculum in line um, and make sure that we're addressing all of the issues related to, um, you know, teaching black history and teaching cultural responsiveness and making sure that we have social emotional learning supports for our students. So I couldn't um, tell you every single component of the bill because it was, I think, well, close to 300 pages long, uh, but we will be digging into that and understanding the requirements that were, were passed for our district. Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill, we really do appreciate your time. Thanks much. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Bye-bye.